What is going on, party people? It's Nick. Welcome to another episode of the Adventures in DJing podcast. You can catch this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. We're talking Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music if you're an Android user, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Shout out to the folks at SoundCloud. Also, on my homepage, djnickscott.com, you can find the homepage for the podcast there. It has the upcoming schedule for everyone I'm going to have on the podcast, including past episodes. And if you're interested, we do have a few sponsorship opportunities available. So check that out at djnickscott.com. I've got a really awesome roster of talent lined up to have on the podcast, but I'm always looking for new talent. So if you know someone you think I should interview on the podcast, let me know about it. You can reach out to me at my website, djnickscott.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram under DJ Nick Scott. Of course, shoot me there. A, uh, what do they say? Slide into the DMs. On this episode of the podcast, pretty excited to reach out to this guy. I've looked up to him for years. Our paths crossed Working on air at Q102 Cincinnati, we both were doing part-time work at the time, and we both were doing DJ work at the time. The only difference in our story is he was the past full-time midday talent on Q102. He took a backseat to part-time to focus on his DJ business, which is arguably one of the biggest DJ services, service uh, uh, DJ providers, excuse me, in the Cincinnati area and has been for decades. The dude has been at it. For a long time, I'm not calling him old, I'm calling him wise. He is amazing at what he does. One of the very first nightclub DJs I ever got to see in person. And if you go on the internet and find one of his pictures from the 80s, you'd think he was Fabio's twin. He's the one, the only, Mark McFadden. Welcome to the best night of your life with DJ Nick Scott. Let's go! The one, the only, Mr. Mark McFadden. What's going on, man? How are you, bro? Thanks uh, for calling. Hey, no, thank you for being on here. And uh, just to give you the, the background, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast. I never knew what to do it on. And I had all this gear, and, and I saw a lot of friends really, really hurting uh, through the, the coronavirus. You know, we all lost our gigs. When Cincinnati came to mind, I said, man, I got to call Mark McFadden. <laughs> you were you were the cincinnati guy for a long time obviously well um, a little bit but making your way over to uh, west virginia so but yeah you i mean you know what the area is like oh you yeah know what there's some good djs in this town you know there's some talented guys in this town and there's some talented mobile djs there's some talented radio and club jocks as well and you know i know you and i talked briefly a little bit before we um last week a week before just by text and things like that but um that was kind of my my whole thing is i wanted to be take a little bit of uh my knowledge from radio my knowledge from the club business and my knowledge from club or from uh, mobiles and kind of uh combine that all into one absolutely kind of what you did you absolutely. Know, the same thing you did over there you know yeah you, i think you've you've taken your experience of radio which you were very good um and your and your ability to mix your ability on the microphone and you kind of put all those together, and I think that's why you're so successful over in West Virginia. Well, man, I really appreciate that. So, Mark, 
Let's talk about you. And it's funny. I remember coming to your house and I remember you showing me a picture. It, it was from a newspaper and I think either it was late eighties or early nineties. I'm not trying to date you here, but you looked like, <laughs> you looked like Fabio's twin. When was that? You know, I knew you were, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That was probably, <laughs> uh, probably 92, probably. Dude, how are you not walking uh, yeah. down on every <laughs> magazine cover in America? Nah, I was just, man, I had, you know, I just had long hair and, you know, I just did the, did the, the long hair DJ thing in the clubs and it was, it was a blast, you know, then of course radio too, you know, I'm working uh, for uh, WKRQ Q102 here in Cincinnati and I'm still, still there only part time, but I've, you know, and I don't want to date myself either, but I've been (laughs) at that radio station now for 28 years. Dude, that is amazing. And I have to be honest with you. I've worked at four radio stations in my 15 years on air when I was on the air and Q102 was above and beyond by far my favorite experience. Um, it's, it's a special place. It really is. It is, it is, you know, and it's, there's so much heritage there. Um, and it's been around since, uh, since the 70, early seventies. Um, and there's just so, so much heritage with that radio station. And, and there's so many people that'll, that'll say, Oh yeah, you know, I used to listen to Q102 growing up. And I think everybody, that, that radio station has touched everybody in this market, but, and, and really beyond, I mean, you know, over into Indiana and, you know, obviously in Kentucky and, uh, you know, even as far North as, um, you know, almost Columbus, Ohio. So yeah, that station's it's reached out to a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I do miss it. It's funny. Uh, Grover is going to be on the podcast. I'm, I'm interviewing him in a couple of days. It's going to air in a couple of weeks. So he's going to be on, we're going to talk. That's I'm really excited about that. Um, well, he knows the stuff, you know that. Oh, absolutely. So, Mark, what made you, and I don't know that I ever asked you about this, what drew you to becoming a DJ? You know, it's kind of funny, Nick, because I was always um, into music, and I look back now, um, you know, when I was a kid, I was always going through my mom and dad's vinyl, you know, and just playing different things, and, and, and um you know, I remember my dad was a big Chicago fan. I think he had every Chicago Great piece man. of vinyl back, you know, when I was in the early, late 60s, early 70s. And, and uh, just going through the vinyl um, and just loving all different types of music. And then um, I was a dancer, believe it or not. Um, and, well, that and picture from of, 92, I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, a, not a stripper. Not a stripper. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. <laughs> But I, um, um, you know, I did a, I did a stint in Las Vegas for a while. Um, and, and I always just loved music. And then, um, growing up and in high school, I was, I had an opportunity to DJ at a, a teen club over in the uh, Oakley area over in High Park, right in the middle of Cincinnati. And, um, that, that kind of started it. Well, then when I, I ended up in California for a while when I was dancing out there, then I was dancing in Vegas. Um, and I had an opportunity to DJ at the Hollywood palace out in California. And that's when it, it just, you know, when I was DJing for 1500, 2000 people and it just, man, it was like a drug. And you know what that is like, and anybody, anybody that's, that's a DJ that's really into it. They know exactly what I'm talking about. And after that, man, I could not get enough of it. It was, uh, you know, I've got young guys that work for my company now and all, and even my son who's 20, I've taught him how to mix. And, um, he is just, it's, it's, he's addicted. 
Oh, he yeah. is absolutely addicted to it now. It gets and in your just, blood. It hit me. It gets in your blood. I've talked to other DJ friends of mine, and, and it seems like we all have that same experience. You know, you go out one or two times, and it's an instant injection, and you just it, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. Also, I feel incredibly old because when I was on the air at Q102, you were still going home when he was like four and <laughs> getting babysitters for him. Oh, I know. And now yeah, he's 20. Yeah, he's 20 years old now. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he put a video out on Instagram last week doing four decks and uh you know and it's just i'm i'm really really proud of him that's he's, awesome uh, really taken to it but you know he's also he's in college at uc <laughs> first thing my wife said was okay college first you know <laughs> this this djing thing you know because she knows what it was like you know being because you know, back when i was in the club industry nick it was a it was a full-time gig it wasn't just a night here a night there it was, you know, when I worked at a place down on the river, it was called the Waterfront. I, I was there five five nights a week. Um, I had a part time guy that uh, that that worked two nights a week. We were open seven nights a week, and we were busy six. Wow! So um, was that uh, Yucatan liquor stand? No, that was that was next to us. That okay. was where Covington Landing was. Covington but, but Landing, but the water the yeah. waterfront was. One of the first ones, one of the first barges that opened up, um, Pete Rose um, was part owner. Okay. Boomer Esiason from the Bengals and Jeff Ruby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when did you dive into the actual mobile side of it? Because now you have five, six, seven guys working for you. You have McFadden Music, which has been tremendously successful in the Cincinnati area. Yeah, I've got, uh, I got nine guys to work for me right now. Um, and I kind of started this. When I was still at the waterfront back in 1990, I started really thinking because I was, um, I knew I was getting ready to get married, um, and I knew kids probably weren't going to be far from, but far behind. Um, and I knew that, man, it's, it's going to be hard for me to be in the club industry, spend any time with my wife. And, um, you know, I was kind of getting long in the tooth. You know, I was, I was like, man, how long can this last? So what else can I do? You know, and I was still doing radio at the time. It's still in now. But um, that's when I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just do mobiles. You know, and, and when you're in the club industry and you're, when you're on top and you're playing all the brand new music and, you know, all the record guys, I was a billboard reporter for many, many years. So all the record companies were sending me all the product um play our hits, play our, you know, play our music, play our music, play our music. We want to get this music recognized, you know, and I was giving them feedback every week. And um, back then, thinking of being a, a, a mobile or a wedding DJ was not the coolest thing, <laughs> you know. I was like, man, I don't want to be known as a chicken dance DJ. But then on the <laughs> other hand, I thought, you know, what what can I do to stay in the business and make good money? So, you know what, I'll just try the mobile thing. And well, I'm glad I did. And honestly, I wish I would have done it sooner. Dude, you have um, been. I, I remember working for Dave Roos at the Woodlands. And, and yeah, I remember being on, on Warm 98 at the time. It was before I went to Q. And, and it was, I remember being like, hey, you know, you guys got to step your game up. There's guys like Mark McFadden out here that'll snatch these kicks up. And we're like, oh, snap. We got to, you know, we got to get on our game here. And, and you, I remember just always looking up to you. And I still do. But I, even then, oh, I when I was, that. even when I was in the Cincinnati area, because I just remember thinking, uh, I need to get on his level. There, there were two guys when it came to DJing. 
um, out, you know, a, a radio aside, there were two guys when it came to actually spinning records and DJing, and I've had you both on my podcast that I looked up to a lot, and it was you and DJ Saab. And, Saab, yeah, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Yeah, he's great. He's and, great, and he still is. Oh, he's he incredible. So, so you've got nine guys. You've got McFadden Music. Uh, you've had McFadden Music now for 20, 25 years or more, I'd say. Yeah, yep. And, and how many of these? It took do you- a while. You know, it took it. It you know, I thought, okay, I've got a name in the city. This is going to be easy. But when I jumped into the into the ring of doing weddings, um, that's that's a whole different side of it, and it's a very clicky. Um, the vendors are very clicky. You know, oh, they are, who they're going to yeah. recommend, and it's you know, you definitely got to play your cards right. You know, I never really got in the middle of of any of the drama that goes along with the wedding industry i just you know what i'm gonna go out there and and my guys i'm gonna do my job i'm not gonna stick around in the facilities i'm gonna do my job i'm gonna thank everybody and i'm out isn't that interesting and, how there is a little bit of a clickiness to it i've always found that oh odd. there's no doubt yeah. absolutely and thankfully a lot of my business and a lot of my success like yours has been word of mouth so i really haven't had to rely on vendors but like you, I've seen that side of it, and, I, and, and it always struck me as odd. Oh, it's there's yeah, there's no doubt. You know, it, everybody kind of has their favorites. But what I said to my wife and I said to my you know to my DJs, look, we're going to go out there and we are going to do a better job than anybody else out here. And these vendors and the facilities themselves are not going to have any choice but to recommend us. And it it took a good ten years, but here we are now. You know. Last year, I think we did 325 weddings. Wow! Um, and uh, you know, a, a plus a number of corporate events. Um, now that that number is going to go down big time this year because oh, of yeah. what's happening. Well, we'll talk more but, about uh, the the coronavirus here in a minute. But I do like to inject a little thing about strategy. Uh, into these podcasts. I have DJs that listen. I have venue managers that listen. And I always find it interesting to talk to fellow DJs because as DJs, we all we all think we can reinvent the wheel. <laughs> we all think we're, we're going to be the most unique, the newest, the best. So with that, I think inspires creativity and it inspires change. So what do you feel like you bring with McFadden Music that brings those 300 plus weddings to your doorstep. Well, I think the one thing is we can we can adapt to whatever situation is need be. You know, if it's a VFW hall, and you, know, you know, obviously our price is a little a little more than most. But if it's a, a wedding at a VFW hall and they can afford us, we go out there and we kill it. But yet, if it's a, a venue, say the Hall of Mirrors, which is the Netherland Plaza downtown Cincinnati, um, we're going to go in there and we're going to be able to adapt to the highest end as well. And my standards for my DJs, the way they, the way they carry themselves, the way they dress, um, their mixing abilities, their abilities to be on the microphone. Um, I'm not just out there hiring any guy that I can. And that's probably stopped me from growing um, faster than I could have. But, you know, I, the standards of a McFadden music DJ, at least in my opinion, um, is a little higher than most. Well, and that's um, to be I'm not expected. Out there, I'm not out there to put anybody down, so please don't take it like that. No, 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 no. I no, just, no. In, in the way we dress, um, you know, my guys, you know, I've got just very, very strict guidelines from all the way to their shoes. You know, I think you could tell a lot about somebody by looking at their shoes. Um, you know, we're not out there wearing jeans. You know, there's, there's guys out there still that are doing mobiles, 
and they're going out in jeans. It's oh, like, what, what are you thinking? Bro, I've seen a lot of them down here. <laughs> $25,000, wedding and, and, you know, and yep. more, and, and you're going to show up in jeans? My wife, uh, my wife sometimes gives me a hard time because before a wedding, you know, I have the trailer loaded up. I'll, I'll steam and iron my suit or tux or vest, what I'm wearing that day. And, and the point of the story is I'll be down here shining my shoes. I have some Cole Hans. Oh, yeah. And, but I'll be shining my shoes, and she's like, really? Shining your shoes? You know what these people are paying me to be there, and I don't want to look like a slob. You couldn't have said it better. So that's one of the things, you know, the way we look, the way we handle ourselves – you would, you would hope um, it, it would go without saying, but none of my guys are allowed to drink on the job. You know, we want to plenty of nights, Saturday nights, where we're all getting done. We're all calling each other. Hey, what do you want to do? Hey, let's go over a beer or whatever. You know, let's go grab something to eat and talk about our gigs. Um, you know, but the night of, you know, no drinking on the job. Um, and and you know, my standards are good, but I pay well. And uh, I've got guys that have been with me for, for eight, ten years. Wow. You know, they're loyal. That's incredible. Um, you know, and you've and you've done the same thing over there. You know, you've you've kind of I'm sure when you got there, people probably looked at you and went, Uh oh, we better step it up. You know, who is this guy? I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think there's any question. Well, the coronavirus it was an inspiration to starting this podcast. It made me want to reach out to so many of my talented friends like yourself and and help everyone get the word out about their business and what they're doing to uh combat uh, the loss of events and looking forward to the future. So what does McFadden music look like, look at on the horizon? And, and, uh, let me give you some context for myself. All of my gigs have been canceled to July. My next performance is until July 11th and I'm hoping that one sticks. So what's it looking like for you? Yeah, that's really pretty much about it. We've, um, April, April, May, and most of June, um, is, is gone now what we're hearing here in Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati is that there's some venues that are going to start doing them on June 5th, which is a Friday. Let's, let's hope and pray that that sticks. But most of my brides have already canceled in fear of not being able to get a, a venue later on in the year or even in 2021. So um, I think June, um, we've got one event on June 3rd. Um, that is not canceled yet. Um, and that's probably going to be our next gig. Hopefully that'll, and we'll even be able to get that. But yeah, hopefully. one of the things, and in, in, in you tell me the thing that I'm kind of concerned about on the financial situation is I've got a bride that was canceled for July 25th, um, paid in full and she wanted a full refund. Now I did give it to her. My question after I wrote that check and stuck it in the mail to her, I thought, now her facility is going to allow her to do it, but yet she still wanted to cancel, and she said she was not going to reschedule. I think that's going to be the dilemma. It's like, do we start giving refunds when the facilities are going to allow them to do it? Because in my contract, and I don't know about yours, Nick, but in mine, it says if you cancel within 120 days of the event, full payment is due. Now, obviously, with this COVID-19, I mean, you could probably throw that out the window if if it were to go to court. And I'm not out there to make any enemies, and, and I'm definitely not out there to, to do something somewhere where they're going to start getting on the Internet and you know, the reviews could be. Um, so do we give those refunds back if somebody wants to cancel say somebody calls you right now and says hey i want to cancel for september and they've already paid you in full 
what do you do? Well, the funny thing is, uh, I had someone text me last night, September 12th. Uh, they canceled. Now, they're, yeah. they didn't pay in full, but my gut reaction is exactly what you stated. It is a dilemma, but we live in a day and age where everything goes on the internet. And my biggest, yeah. my biggest fear would be you, my contract reads the same way. Mine's a little different. I have a uh, 120, mine's six months, half 90 full, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. and, uh, yeah, I'd have to go back and look, but so, um, the folks that just canceled in September, you know, I mean, I might be able to, but I'm not going to, you know, but I don't want to risk someone just blasting my company, my business out there on the internet. And then, you know, other people could, they may or may not pile on. And next thing you know, there's a potential bride two or 12 in that friends list that sees that thread and goes, well, I'm not hiring that guy, you know? Right. So that's my fear. Well, in closing, man, I wish you nothing but the absolute best and success. You've always been an idol, if you will, of mine, someone I've always looked up to in the industry. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, your website, your social media, where we can listen to your mixes, where we can find your guys. Sure. Um, McFadamusicdjs.com is my website. Got a Facebook, McFadden Music Facebook page as well. Um, I haven't, I've been, I've been thinking about throwing some mixes up, and I've been even, I'm, I think what I'm going to do is put a, uh, a, a 100% vinyl mix up just because I'm into turntables and just something a little different, you know, throw something up there and, and, uh, you know, see what kind of, what kind of reaction we get. Now, we get, no, obviously on the whole vinyl thing, it'll be probably a little bit more in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. Um, just because of uh, you know the newer vinyl not being available, but uh, once I get that up, I'll make sure to let you know that too. Yeah, I'd love to share it, and and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear it. Mark McFadden, he is an absolute living legend in Cincinnati. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me, my friend. Thanks, Nick. Always the best, bud.